I thought this was really cool. Obviously, uh, Mike, you kind of did the the post that got shared a lot about, you know, an idea about Liga Mekki and MLS merging. And then, uh, Gene, you're you're my Liga Mekki guy, so <laughs> I thought I'd bring you on uh, to 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 sort of have a conversation about that. But I guess to start out with, uh, Gene, maybe you could just start to talk about where this conversation is coming from. What what has happened that this is kind of coming up as a as a, even as a possibility. Yeah, so so what I know about this is that, you know, going back, I think, what was it to 2015, 2016, there's been a lot of kind of high level talks between Don Garber and MLS and Enrique Bonilla in, in Liga Mekis about maybe not a merger, but the two leagues working closer together. And it makes a lot of sense. I mean, in CONCACAF, those are the two kind of dominant leagues, right? Like those are the big boys in, in, in this part of the world. And it makes sense that both of them work together um, because both of them do things fairly well and both of them have, shall we, shall we say, shortcomings uh, that, that they can learn from one another. And, um, you know, it just, it just makes a lot of sense, especially with, you know, Mexico and the United States um, being uh, not only geographically, but culturally as close um, as they are. Um, you know, so I think that it, it always made a lot of sense to have a lot of collaboration between the two leagues. Um, and I think what we're seeing now is um, a lot of steps moving in a direction where both of the leagues are going to be more in sync. And again, I, I want to stay away from the word merger. I don't know if there will ever be a merger. There's a lot of reasons why that won't happen. Everything from pay scale to legal contracts to, uh, you know, MLS's single entity structure versus Liga Mackey's more traditional uh, club uh, structure. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of hurdles to overcome if, if a merger is what they're going after. So I prefer to kind of think of it more as like collaboration and working together. Um, so I think, I think we're starting to see a lot of that. And Michael, you came up with, with a graphic that really kind of laid out a scenario that was pretty equitable for all parties involved in Liga Mekis and MLS as well. And um, you know, I think it's a, I think it's a great uh, conversation starter, if nothing else. I think it um, really shows, you know, that this is something that can, maybe not easily, but can realistically go from a pipe dream to something that actually happens. So, Mike, you know, you know, I know, I know you're pretty active on Twitter, and you love talking about U.S. Open Cup and lower level soccer, and it, you know, it seems like you're really interested in just the way. Uh, the, the the game is organized in not just this country but around the world. Uh, what is it about this idea of Liga Mekki and MLS sort of combining into a super league that that you think is interesting and that you know made you want to spend the time to figure it out? <laughs> uh, yeah. So what actually spurred me thinking and going down this path was um, actually the Cooligans did an interview with it was Dan Hunt and FC Dallas and. Uh, this was right around the time where I think like the first like stories of them working closely together and maybe merging or whatever into a, a more cooperative league started breaking. Like this was like late 2018, I want to say. Um, and then they were interviewing Dan Hunt um, and 
like not even prompted. He just, I think it was like a generic, hey, if you were Don Garber for a day, what, what would you want to work towards? And he just brought up, hey, uh, maybe someday down the line, we have some gigantic uh, merged league between MLS and Liga MX. Uh, so I got thinking, and uh, although I like love the romance behind ProRel and like love the idea of ProRel, I'm very much grounded in um, it not really being a reality that we'll see for business reasons, right? And, and then even in League MX, you see them suspending ProRel, and the ProRel that is there is a little shady, right? You can buy your way out of being relegated. Uh, so, at, like, from a standpoint of, well, League MX owners with the big money and power don't really want ProRel, and the MLS owners most likely don't want ProRel, so how would this even feasibly work without ProRel? Um, and I mean, being just a American sports fan in general, it, like the NFL model comes to mind. And I, I mean, essentially what I put together is derivative of what the NFL has, as are a lot of things in MLS to begin with, right? There's a lot of overlapping ownership and Don Garber comes from an NFL background, right? A lot of the rules and salary cap stuff are rooted in NFL. <laughs> Uh, so it, this almost seems like a natural extension in my mind. One of the things I think that strikes me as being interesting about it, I, I mean, I'm a little, I was a little upset about the League's Cup that it's not a traditional competition and that it's game, the games are played in Mexico and the U.S. because I thought it would have been awesome to have the Union play a, a road game in Mexico <laughs> this, this season if it had happened. Um, but maybe, uh, Gene, if you talk to, could talk a little bit about just the idea of of, you know, these regional rivalries that Michael touched on and, you know, in particular with, with, you know, the LA teams and Tijuana and, you know, just some of these other natural rivalries that would be created from, um, if, if not, if not a super league, just more, more uh, competition between the two leagues. You know, those sorts of rivalries, you know, aren't going to go anywhere because those are really what drive the television revenues. Um, that's, you know, and it, without television revenues, sports don't exist um not as not as we know it so you know i think those are the ones that really have to be protected kind of at all costs and i think you know mike your your diagram really did a good um job at, at keeping a lot of those um together um you know i think there would be some pretty natural rivalries um that would be created um you know if you look at you know tijuana versus the la clubs um, you know, Tijuana's played the Galaxy uh, quite a few times, um, both in friendlies and I think they played in CCL um, uh, one year as well. Um, you would also have um, rivalries, you know, potential rivalries, I should say, between clubs like FC Dallas and the Houston Dynamo, um, with clubs like Juarez and Santos Laguna, both of which are uh, you know, Juarez is right on the, the Texas border, um, right across the river from El Paso. And, um, you know, uh, uh, Santos Laguna plays in Torreon, which is, uh, I, I want to say it was like an hour or, or two hour flight from Dallas. I mean, it's not terribly, terribly far. Um, you know, so you have the opportunity to have those sorts of, of quote unquote regional rivalries. Um, you know, here in North America, our, our region is very, very big. Um, you know, uh, even in the U.S., flying from 
you know, New York to LA is, is quite, you know, um, and, and I think you would also see other rivalries uh, develop naturally as well. I mean, think about the potential for DC United to have a rivalry in Mexico City. You know, you have the, the, the American capital versus the Mexican capital, you know, um, or New York versus America or something like that, where, you know, you have these, these kind of money teams and their, their uh, country's main, uh, you know, main city, uh, biggest city kind of uh, going out one another, um, you know. And of travel. So like in my model, you're only playing like nine out of division games per year. And if you look at like where the MLS is going with CBA, you would be have 16 mandated chartered flights at, at that point in time anyway, right? Which would be eight of the nine away games. Um, and then some of your out-of-divisional games could potentially be things that are in your division today or are actually closer, right? So, like when Houston, I think they played Santos Laguna or maybe Monterey uh, in Champions League a year or two ago. And that was one of their closest games on their entire calendar that year. Uh, Tijuana's proximity, Juarez's proximity. Um, so, like, the travel, to me, at least, is all relative. And in some in a very weird way, it could actually be improved for some teams. Um, if you're cycling through the league, like uh, as an Eastern Conference team, and you draw like the Southern Division and the Central Division, uh, and you're not even going to the West Coast or down to Mexico in a, a given year, uh, like that's that's a drastic cut. On the on the flip side, I guess you could draw like going to Mexico City and then going out to the West Coast, right? So I think there's some give and take, but again, expanded charter flights, and I, I'm not saying this would be an, an overnight thing. I think there'd be a lot more uh, consideration <laughs> in play here from like a player negotiation standpoint, from uh, all league rules and structures. Uh, format standpoint, I think that's actually the easy part. I, I think the more complex stuff is uh, contracts and sponsorships and calendar agreements and player, you know, uh, lifestyle type agreements, that, that stuff seems much more complex to me than actually figuring out a way to, to mash the two together if that's the path they, they would want to go down. You know, one of the things, I, you know, I, when I think about this is that, you know, these leagues can certainly, you know, like Gene, you started out talking about how, you know, just the collaboration is, is beneficial to both leagues, whatever that collaboration looks like I don't mean to harp on it but I, I still think whatever path involves more games in in Mexico for American teams is is, is the one I want <laughs> but in terms of how does you know how does you know and this is a question I guess for Mike or for both of you but how does oh, excuse me um how does um MLS benefit from this collaboration and how does it uh, you know, does it incentivize owners to, to invest more into the, the, the quality on the field? Um, so, like, my my big issue with Campione, or not, is it Campione's Cup? No. Well, Campione's Cup is uh, League MX winner versus MLS Cup winner, right? Uh, which is essentially, people suggest, like, they should do an AL-NL model. That, that's basically what they're doing now with Campione's Cup. Uh, League's Cup which is what I was trying to think of. My issue with that is it's very slanted towards MLS with all the games being played in the U.S., right? So what I want to do with this model is have some sort of semblance of true balance and, like, fair competition. 
uh, that all teams are sort of adhering to the, the same circumstances. Um, for me, uh, the obvious benefit for MLS is right now they're not the most watched league in our own country. And fusing into a single league with League MX would automatically remedy that situation, right? Uh, so I think it would automatically raise the profile of MLS pretty dramatically within the United States on its own. Uh, I think a merger like this would just create buzz in general. And there'd probably be some, um, you know, uh, agreement that the MLS owners would have to uptick their spending because I don't think, I, I think they'd probably have League MX owners agree to some sort of cap in, in some degree, but I doubt that they could seriously cut it down to the low level that MLS is at now, right? So, I, like, to me, they'd be giving up a little bit in terms of player spending and that sort of stuff uh, in order to gain a lot in terms of exposure here, in terms of TV contracts, um, you know, then they could actually say they're the biggest league in their own country, uh, which I think would be huge for MLS. And uh, on top of that, I, I think just MLS has a interesting uh scenario where they very much like to control the spending that they do. And if MLS wants to escalate itself to be a top league, like they constantly talk about, if they're doing that on their own without Mexico, it's going to require them to spend a lot more money, I think. So I, this is almost a way of stretching their dollar farther um, than if they were to do it on their own without Mexico. Gene, you know, could you talk a little bit about the you know, the, the level, the, the gap between the two leagues now. And, you know, aside from, you know, a, a plan like this, but just in general, where MLS has to go to even be in the same conversation, uh, so to speak, with, with, with League MX. It, it, honestly, it all comes down to money. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons that MLS is um, doing this. Um, they, they are looking to bring in some of the audience uh, and therefore some of the television dollars that they see Liga Mekis getting. Um, they, they want to get the ratings that Liga Mekis gets. Um, and, you know, I think that that's, you know, if, if you kind of go back to what does each side benefit from, from a collaboration, MLS wants new fans. They want to either convert fans, um, which is, you know, honestly kind of unlikely, um, or at least have them be able to go, okay, well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Pumas fan, but I'm also, you know, I also live near Chicago, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check out the fire, or, you know, I live near in Dallas, or, you know, maybe I just happen to like New York's colors or something, you know, who knows why people uh, choose their fandoms sometimes, you know, but I think that's kind of what they want. They want those people to tune in to their product, um, and leverage that into better television deals. Um, they want to get those television ratings that Liga Mekis gets in the United States, um, as well as open up the market in, in Mexico. I mean, you know, the, the, the three uh, biggest countries as far as uh, spending power in our part of the world, US, Canada, Mexico. Um, you know, they've got two of the three, why not have a third? You know, that also gives them an inroads into, um, you know, uh, Central America as well. You know, it gives, an, it gives them an inroads. Now, not that, you know, 
uh, Nicaragua, Panama, El Salvador, like the biggest markets. But, you know, if you're going for that sort of dominance, like that gives you kind of a, a foot in the door as some clubs, um, you know, some, some Liga Mekis matches are already broadcast into Central American and Southern American countries as well. Um, you know, but that kind of goes into the television contracts, um, you know, is MLS going to allow their clubs to negotiate their own contracts or are they still going to um, bundle them all together without force Liga Mekis to do the same? You know, um, I think that's something that Liga Mekis can absolutely learn from MLS is having one single television deal, um, you know, and having one negotiating entity uh, for, for that. Um, you know, I think that that, is going to help um, not only expand the revenue that they get, um, but get them into new markets a, a, as well. Um, unfortunately, that's probably not something that's going to happen or at least happen um, without a lot of kicking and screaming as uh, a couple of the teams are owned by television companies and they, you know, they're not willing to give up um, their own kind of skin in the game to, to even if it means bettering everybody else. Um, you know, but I think that that's, that's ultimately the, the kind of goal here um, for, for both of them is to kind of get themselves into new markets, get the profile of the leagues raised. And, you know, um, is MLS going to be as good as Liga Mackey's? That's, that's a loaded question as, you know, is, is the EPL going to be as good as um, the Bundesliga? Well, they're both really good. Some years, one's better than the other. Some years, the other's better than the other. Can you really learn a lot from Champions League? Eh, that's debatable, you know? Um, what I, I, you know, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with having two really, really good leagues um, in our confederation and having them both be successful and drawing in a ton of fans and raising the level of the sport uh, in our part of the world. So Eugene, I, I'd be sorry, Matt, if you have something, go ahead. Um, I, I'd be curious to hear your opinion since you know much more about Liga MX than me. I think it was uh, maybe the owner of Atlas that came out in, in the media recently saying he was in favor of something like this. Uh, is your sense that, like, in an, I think he said short term, this is great for MLS, medium term for Liga MX. Uh, does it, is it fair to say MLS's ceiling, just in terms of spending power of the U.S., is probably higher long, long term than uh, Liga MX on, on their own? But together, like, there's that potential that that's incentive on Liga MX part for like a long-term view to sort of attach themselves to the American teams in the U.S. a, a little bit more. And then maybe to another extent, um, I, I know there's some question around uh, the lower teams in Liga MX and the stability. So would it make sense for Liga MX teams to almost buy into or attach themselves to a similar structure of MLS from like a stability longevity standpoint, maybe get rid of some of the less desirable owners and force them out. Like we saw what happened with Veracruz and uh, I think Lobos got sold to the group in Juarez, right? So um, 
would that help stabilize things in Mexico a little bit? Um, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> and I, I will do my best uh, to, to kind of unpack that. Um, so I think that the absence of promotion and relegation can be a very good thing for Liga Emekis and the Ascenso Emekis if it's done correctly. Um, I think one of the problems that you have with professional soccer in Mexico right now and, and have had is that going down is, is often a death sentence for a lot of teams. Um, going up can also be a bit of a death sentence for a lot of teams as well because they want to get those television contracts. They want to remain in the league. Therefore, they spend more than they have. Uh, and it doesn't always work out. And then, you know, the creditors come knocking. Um, I think, you know, and that's why... You know, you saw Lobos Bop uh, sell their space to Juarez is because they weren't, you know, they weren't getting the television contracts. They didn't have a, a, a television contract with, in the United States. They were the only club that didn't. Um, and they weren't, therefore, getting those, you know, the, the U.S. dollars coming in uh, to them. They really couldn't afford to continue to play at that level. I mean, they're still around. They, they still play in the Ascenso. They just swapped uh, spots with Juarez. Um, it made a lot of sense uh, for both clubs. Juarez uh, is a club right on the U.S. Um, they had very easy access to the U.S. market. Um, they were also in a better financial position. Um, you know, Juarez, even as the Ascenso team, had a, a deal, I believe it was with ESPN, uh, to broadcast at least some of their games. So that was kind of a natural fit for them to come up. Um, you know, Lobos, kind of saw the writing on the wall can you solve that though can the can you solve that by suspending promotion and relegation are these owners in the ascenso going to be able to get their financial house in order in order to make themselves uh competitive if they reinstate promotion and relegation if and when they do that right um is Lobos Boap going to take this opportunity, and I'm just picking on them, um, you know, just because out, out of convenience, but, you know, you can substitute that with Dorados or Atlante or Salaya or any of the, the teams in, currently in the Ascenso. Are they going to take that opportunity to make themselves a stronger club, get themselves in a better position financially? Um, you know, some of them don't own their own stadiums. Um, and, and as you know, that's a big drain um, when you're having to give over gate receipts and, and things of that nature. Um, you know, are they going to be able to put together a stadium uh, package where they would, you know, that's more beneficial to them, build their own, something along those lines in these five years? Or are they just going to kind of uh, squander that? How are they going to get the money to, to start in these investments? You know, I haven't heard anything about the FMF uh, starting to hand over money for investments and that sort of thing. Um, you know, are they going to take it? Uh, you know, they, they said that they're going to penalize the, the, the club that would be relegated. Um, I, I, again, I don't know if that's going to be the answer. I mean, why would you make a, a club that's already struggling? Uh, and a lot of those clubs, you know, that are in danger of relegation are struggling financially. Why are you going to penalize them financially? You know, you make the poor poorer. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't help anybody. Um, you know, are, are they going to do it in a smart manner that can build up a second division that will allow for promotion and relegation? If you look 
all over the world and, and you look at the, the countries that have that system and have it where it's sustainable. And by that, I mean, you know, a club, you know, every two years that goes down uh, isn't dissolved. Um, you know, those are ones with relatively stable and strong second divisions. And you don't have that in Mexico right now. You know, can they solve that problem? If so, that's great. That's wonderful. Um, I, you know, can they get out, out of their own way to do it? That's, that's the bigger question. You know, um, I, I think it's just going to come down to, to money. You know, are they going to be able to utilize this collaboration uh, with MLS to make significant inroads in the U.S., in Canada, to get those U.S. and Canadian dollars flowing into Mexico to help them spend on infrastructure, club infrastructure, and those sorts of things, um, you know? Bad owners certainly exist. I mean, Fidel Cori, like you said, with, with Veracruz is certainly one of them. Um, but, you know, some of them just, you know, it, it's hard to run a, a successful business when you're competing with billionaires and, you know, you don't have that sort of financial capital. You don't have that sort of, you know, it, not everybody can go out and, and put together a team like Tigres or America because they simply don't have the financial resources to do so. You know, so I, I hope that I hope that kind of answered the question. I mean, I guess that there was a lot, there was a lot going on there. It definitely, I, I mean, as clear as it can be. There's so many moving parts. Uh, but yeah, that that was great. So yeah, and I think I think that's one of the things that that's really ultimately going to be complicating this is figuring out the moving parts. Um, in order for any sort of collaboration, any sort of working relationship between MLS and Liga Mekis to to really work. The devil's in the details, man. You got to figure out those moving parts. You have to get down to those small details, um, you know, to figure these sorts of things out um, before you kind of jump into it. And, I, and you know, they're, they're smart people um, with all of the clubs and, and all of the, you know, and all the leagues here in consideration. And I hope that they're listening to one another. And I hope that they're, you know, thinking through a lot of these things because there is a lot to think about. And there's a lot to kind of work through before, you know, these sorts of things happen, you know, anything more than just, you know, a, a tournament that, that happens once a year for eight games or whatever. Well, I, I appreciate you guys joining me uh, to, to close out. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask what you've seen, uh, Mike, the response to, you know, sort of the, the, the thing you put out and what you kind of, the sense you get in terms of how open American fans are to this type of, you know, this type of thing happening, whether it's a, a league merger or just just more collaboration between the two two countries. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I was honestly shocked the positive response I got from this tweet because typically when I see things like this, it, it, it's very easily rejected. People are very dogmatic in like their ways of thinking how things should be. And, um, and I, I get people are like, oh, well, this is blowing up history and, and that sort of thing, what we've built prior. Um, to me, I, I don't know that I 100% buy into that other than it's like it's what you're used to, right? People are resistant to change. Um, to me, this seems like almost like the next evolution. If you think of uh, the American League and the National League or the AFL and the NFL, uh, prior to those mergers, right? It's not like people are longing for the days of when there was no interleague play in baseball, um, right? So uh, to me, I, I think 
what I laid out here, which I'm, I'm sort of proud of, is it, it, there's a, a hypothetical competition with some semblance of balance that preserves uh, pretty much all the rivalries that is what really drives people to follow these teams. I think people are more attached to their teams rather than the league or the league structure themselves. So as long as they can still see their teams and still see their teams play their traditional rivals or local rivals uh, on a regular basis, um, I, I think people would respond well to that. And I think that's why people did respond well to this. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, uh, that's, uh, again, I'm, I'm shocked how positive it is. And, and I, I prefaced already like pro rel would be the ideal, but I don't know, uh, how or why the ownerships would agree to that, right? If, if, uh, for some instance, like Guadalajara and America were not in the same super league top division on, on a given year, that immediately makes everything involved in this a lot less lucrative, right? Uh, if there's not a situation where, you know, America and the Galaxy can play, right? Or LAFC versus LA, right? Um, so, uh, I, I tried to find solutions to all those hurdles that would potentially pop up. So um, I, I like it. I, honestly, I, I think I, I talked myself into it being like, I could get behind something like this. Uh, I don't think it's too, too drastic of a leap. I, I think it's much more of a leap for Mexican fans uh, to get on board with just because it's much different, but if you're MLS, we're already in a reality where we're not playing every team every year. And, and that's, I think, the hardest thing to get over uh, with a setup like this. Yeah. Uh, Gene, Gene uh, what, what's sort of been the, the, the Mexican fan reaction to just even, you know, things like the League's Cup and just more, like the, just even the idea that these two leagues would be, uh, become closer together and even potentially uh, at some point in the same competition? Um, to, to be blunt, I think a lot of them hate it. Um, I think a lot of uh, Liga Mekis fans really kind of look down on MLS as being an inferior league and, um, you know, think that it's, it's a cash grab and, you know, that's the only reason they're doing it um, is, is strictly for money and it's going to lessen the quality of, the, of play in, in the league. I don't necessarily buy into that. Um, I think that, yes, money has a lot to do with it, but, you know, money can also improve the situation of a struggling team, you know. Um, I don't think that the difference in quality between Liga Mekis and MLS is so, so drastic that it's going to drag Liga Mekis down. Um, they're, you know, they're not going to overnight become, you know, the, the Panamanian League or something. They're not going to become you know, some third tier league and, 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 you know, it's still going to be um, very, very good soccer at a very, very high level. I think if anything, it's going to bring MLS up and force them really to take these sorts of things seriously. Um, you know, they, MLS still hasn't won a CCL from Liga Mekis and, um, you know, there's a lot of you know, well, they, they start late, and, you know, they start later than, than the Gamakis. And, and, but, you know, honestly, I think it comes down to money. I think it comes down to um, preparation and the Mexican teams just being that much better. Um, and 
Alice is more than welcome to prove me wrong on that uh, by winning a CCL. Um, you know, so I, I think that it's not as dire as the Mexican fans might think it is, but I also don't know if it's going to be as big of a wonderful turnaround as MLS fans might think it is. I think everybody's going to get something out of it, um, but I don't know if everybody's going to get it, everything that they want uh, when this is all said and done with. Yeah.